Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always the person who stated right before we started this episode that what we were about to talk about is the best shark movie ever made. Welcome Tara. Greetings citizens. I mean I can't even think of another shark movie that would be better. <laughs> nothing nothing comes to mind. Nothing, nothing, nothing with a bigger boat perhaps. <laughs> 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 so yes welcome to the science fiction movie podcast we get together we talk about a movie and you're probably saying science fiction movie podcast shark movie is this really fit the bill well i'll admit i said this last week it's a little borderline but it won our patreon vote every month on patreon.com slash tv uh, our patrons at five dollars and up get to vote between four movies and deep blue sea which is a bit of a wild horse because it's barely sci-fi but there is some... What do you mean, barely sci-fi? <laughs> <laughs> In the traditional sense, I, I know there's a lot of, like, bullshit science in this, but it's, that doesn't necessarily make it sci-fi, it just makes it, you know, schlocky. It makes it science fiction? Okay. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about Deep Blue Sea. Uh, before we get into the movie discussion, though, I will just remind everyone that... Uh, you can probably sneak in just before the end of the month and get your top sci-fi list submitted. There'll be a link in the description. We're doing a top 50 sci-fi movies vote. You can submit your own top 20 or more at, at the link in the description. Uh, so please go do. You've got until uh, the 1st of July to submit your list. So go do that, please. Thank you. All right. So um, I guess it's just you know, spoilers. I don't, I don't think anyone... If you've not seen Deep Blue Sea, right? If you've not seen 1999's Deep Blue Sea, directed by auteur Rennie Harlan, uh, the acclaimed director of Die Hard 2, Cliffhanger, and I believe the fourth Nightmare on Elm Street film, <laughs> then you've been warned, basically. You've been I've warned. seen all of those movies. I really love Cliffhanger, actually. We should do that one on um, sci-fi. That's not... <laughs> you can't call that sci-fi movie. <laughs> Look, if you want to do the occasional extra action thing, I'll listen to you. But do not try we'll, to bullshit we'll hold me. hold on to the Cliffhanger until, you know, Tim has another baby. Yeah. Don't, don't try and bullshit Cliffhanger out of the sci-fi show, okay? <laughs> At least with this, you've got genetically modified super smart sharks. I'll, I can mm -hmm. accept this one, barely. Yeah. And, like, their, you know, base of operations is pretty sci-fi. Yeah, sure. It feels like a relatively science fiction kind of setting, even though, mm -hmm. you know, it. yeah, we'll get into it. Anyway, so... Is 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 a shark movie? It's, it's got a pretty interesting cast, and also Saffron Burrows, unfortunately. But mm -hmm. uh, of Wing Commander fame. Of Wing Commander fame, she is really bad though. Like she, she like she's yeah. trying to be serious all the time, and it it comes across as this really forced thing. It's like she's constipated or something. I I, I don't. <laughs> uh yeah, she's just not a good actress. This 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 is pretty rough. But you've got Samuel Jackson. You got Thomas Jane. Uh, LL Cool J, uh, uh, Rappaport, Dylan Scars got Rappaport. Um, I will say not to just uh rag on some of the actresses, but I thought the short-haired blonde woman—I don't know who, she, like, I don't know her from anything else. Uh, she was a little, she wasn't as bad as Burroughs by any means, but she was a little bit. Yeah, she's a minor character in a schlocky shark movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's that's basically. Yeah, you just kind of wait for her to die. Yeah. Uh. So 
you know, but it's a pretty interesting cast. You got some people. It's funny because Stellan Skarsgård, I never thought of as young in this movie when I saw it originally when it came out. But he looks he so young. He's really young, though, right? He looks so young because I'm so used to him from like the Thor movies now. The right, and I, I you know, obviously because of the name, you think of his sons, and you're like, but they're so like handsome, and he's just like this guy. <laughs> he doesn't, you know, he's like a Chernobyl guy. He doesn't really come off as like. <laughs> <laughs> a chernobyl guy yeah he's not like the father of those guys guards but in here yeah, I, okay i can kind of see it, like, it obviously he probably has a really hot wife but it's funny to think <laughs> that yeah his sons when he made this were probably like probably not far off my age at the time i imagine yeah i guess they'd be older than babies yeah you know i don't know what age they are but like i imagine they were probably like 10 to 15 ish at this point mm-hmm. something in that range um yeah so yeah, we got, we got an interesting cast, if nothing else. Uh, we have some 1989 CGI, which... Oh, boy. It's I actually think there's moments where it holds up well enough for the moment that it's doing, but then there's other times where mm-hmm. I, I never noticed before just how bad some of the CG water looked, because there's a couple of shots. It's, it's at nighttime and the helicopter's coming in. There's like a rescue helicopter coming in. And yeah. I don't think I'd ever noticed it before, but the, the water under the helicopter is all CG, and it actually does look quite rough. It's just, yeah. I think they got away with it for so long because it's dark, and maybe before we, like, maybe back when you watched this in standard definition, back when it came out and it was just DVD for a long time, maybe that had that, it, you know, it, it just obscured it enough that you didn't really see how bad the CG was. But now it's like, uh it looks kind of rough. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's so like 1999, early 2000s, with mm-hmm. like the music choice, having a rapper <clears throat> in the movie. <laughs> And he does a song for the movie. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Oh my sure. god, the music. I'm pretty... This song is so ridiculous. <laughs> what does yes. it mean to have a hat like a shark fin? Why is that cool? <laughs> <laughs> um, all, all I could think was, why didn't LL Cool J also do a song for Halloween H2O? Because he was in that. I That's right, him, yeah. I want to hear him rap about Michael Myers. Come on, give me some <laughs> slasher movie... Uh, rhymes. I want to hear them, but yeah, you, you got so you got this very interesting cast. We'll probably talk about the, about them a little bit more as we get into the characters. But uh, and honestly, and also Ronnie Cox is in it. I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joe, this is so weird. I don't think I ever noticed it was him before. But yeah, right at the it start has such of the an movie, obvious face. You're like, wait a second. Did we just suddenly become Robocop? D- 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 does he even have a line of dialogue? No, because. It's right he just the st- sits there, and you're like, oh, well, I guess this company's evil because Ronnie it, Cox is running it. It's right <laughs> at the start of the movie. It's after there's been like, the, the the one random shark thing's happened, right? And it's Saffron Burrows coming in to basically beg for more time because this is the company that's funding all of her weird research, which we'll talk about in a minute. And it's Samuel Jackson's the like one of the head honchos because he's really rich, and there's a bit of backstory where he like survived some avalanche thing, which comes up a few times. But he he's the one that does all the talking. And I, I never, I never noticed until this viewing that the old white man sitting at the, the, the desk who never says anything is Ronnie Cox from RoboCop and Total Recall yeah. and other notable. He must have movies. had lines that just got cut, right? Like, why else Maybe. do you get Ronnie Cox? There's deleted scenes on the on the desk. Uh, I never watched them, but I mean, maybe there. Um, but uh, speaking it's of the so extras, funny. I I I remember because I don't watch the extras this time. I watched the extras not even on the Blu-ray. I watched the extras on the DVD that I had a long time ago, which were the same extras. And mm-hmm. the only things I remember about the extras 
is in one of the, the really short, really fluffy featurettes, they weren't really that interesting, is Renny Harling said he dares anyone to spot the difference between the practical sharks and the CG sharks, which, yeah, sure, sure Renny, sure. Okay. Right? And the second thing is the audio commentary is Renny Harlan and Samuel L. Jackson. No, they're not together, though. It's not like one of the conversation ones. It's just more they were recorded separately and it's been edited together. And the only thing I remember about the whole thing is Samuel L. Jackson saying that he originally was looking at the chef role, but when he was being, but when they were casting the movie, the chef actually died like halfway through the film. And then so he turned it down and took the other role instead. And he doesn't know how it happened, but somehow the chef became the hero who survived until the end of the movie. Yeah. And his character is the one that gets yes. eaten by a shark halfway through. So I always remember that detail from that commentary track. I don't remember anything else from it, but I remember that. That's pretty funny. I did see in the trivia that, um, that Saffron was actually, she was supposed to survive also. But like mm. test audiences hated it because she was sort of responsible for the whole thing. I'm sorry to like giving away the whole movie here, but whatever. Spoilers. Yeah, we're spoilers. <laughs> so, so they had, they did reshoots to basically kill her off at the end because oh, that's funny because that. the audience just hated her. <laughs> they didn't think she should be a hero. I I get it because I mean they tried to give her the arc because the, the arc of the film is basically she was willing to sacrifice anyone to like you know finish her research. research right yeah. And the arc is supposed to be at the end, she's willing to kill the shark. And that's why she sacrifices herself to help kill the shark. And that's meant to be your, your kind of arc. But to be honest, because she's so unlikable the whole movie, you just kind of want to see her get eaten. It doesn't really matter what the arc is. It, so. it, yeah, it, it never occurred to me that she should survive yeah. this film the whole time. So I'm with the test audience here. Sure, yeah, I think it was the right choice. Although I do think her, her death is somewhat pointless. Because she sort of does she does it. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it when we come yeah. up against it. But like it, you know it. When because I watched the movie with knowing that trivia part, and mm-hmm. so at the end it just seemed like I can see where they did the reshoots to like change this. Yeah, no, I I I, I can kind of see how you would just have her be around still, uh, mm-hmm. without. I don't know how Thomas Jane's ends up in the water for his big climactic moment, but. I'll ask, but I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it's probably on the DVD. The alternate ending is probably on the DVD if you want, to, if you want to watch it. But, um, so, and honestly, LL Cool J is kind of bizarrely the heart of the movie, so it makes sense mm-hmm. that he has to survive. In fact, the, the 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 one time I remember the first time I ever watched the movie back, which I I think I saw when it was like pay per view at the time. You know, back when movies would hit pay per view before they would be on the movie channels. I think that's when I saw Deep Blue Sea, probably in early... I saw the theatre. It was probably early 2000 when I saw it. And and I remember... <laughs> I remember that I'd seen the trailer because this was back when I... You had to go to, like, like Apple trailers and get quick time so you could watch movie mm-hmm. trailers because that was the only way you could see trailers. <laughs> I remember seeing the trailer for Deep Blue Sea. It really doesn't seem like that was that long ago, but yeah. <laughs> it was two decades, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, well... <laughs> Time flies. <laughs> but I, I um I remember the only time and this is not to say that I dislike the movie. I have a lot of fun with this movie still mm-hmm. today. But I remember the only time I cared about a character was when it looked like LL Kilji was going to die because he was the he was easily the, the character everyone liked the most. Although I actually think upon a rewatch that Thomas Jane's also pretty likable for the most part. I think so too. Um uh so but yes, so he is the heart of the movie. Uh, and even even the music 
tells you he's the heart of the movie because he's the one who gets this more kind of like heroic sounding music at various points like see when he's recording his like a uh, possible goodbye video in case he dies like that's the i think that's the first time you hear kind of the sweet heroic theme that he plays and then it plays yeah. again at the end when he's coming to save thomas jane he's like you know he's crawling because he's, he's had half of his leg bitten off and he's like ah like but i'm gonna do it yeah you know? the, the, the only sad part is uh is that he doesn't get like another kill one liner before because he this is the thing ll kill j kills two of the three sharks in this yeah. movie <laughs> he really is the hero <laughs> he kills two of them uh the first one on his own completely might i add it's like he does the yeah. first one completely on his own saffron bros gets the other one and a scene which just has an excuse for her to take her clothes off uh and even though <laughs> even though it kind of makes sense it doesn't it, it doesn't change the fact that the writers came up with a reason for it like they, yeah. they thought of something that would require for her to take her wetsuit off. Yeah, I mean it's it's a total <laughs> eye roll scene. Yes, um, I remember in the theater watching it and going, "Come on, they're gonna do the, they're gonna pull a Ripley with us." Because <laughs> I always hated that Ripley takes her clothes off in the end of Alien. To also. be fair, Ripley's going to sleep though. It's actually a more natural and justifiable. Yeah, I know, but it just <laughs> she has. The world's smallest panties on. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> it's will. It's all butt crack. <laughs> is that a seventies thing? Was that just like a late late seventies? This was the well, popular. Well, it's late seventies future thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe that was the logic. Maybe. Oh, women in the future are going to have tiny panties. <laughs> was, yeah. That was. And the it doesn't thought. go up the butt crack. We're just going to ignore the butt crack. Uh, now all I can hear in my head now is uh, Judy Gemstone saying she's a woman there because she wears panties that go up, up a crack. <laughs> that was such a good show, Righteous Gemstone. How about for season two? I'm for season two. Anyway, so and Thomas Jane. This is the first time I saw Thomas Jane. Probably Michael Rapaport as well. This is the first time I experienced either of those sure actors. It's Thomas Jane's like first big role. Yeah, but it's I, like I've his breakout role. And he's been in tons of stuff over the years that I have not seen, and maybe I should rectify some of that. But I, I sort of fell in love. I fell in love with him as an actor because of his role on The Expanse. Because he's really mm-hmm. good on that show. His character is really cool, and you know, so I, I have more of an appreciation seeing him again in this. Like now that I've like really, because well, I like this movie and I've always had fun with this movie. Like it's not like a seriously good thing versus The Expanse, which I love. Like I love The Expanse. So it's nice yeah. to come back to this now and go, oh, I you know, I, he's in something I really really care about now. So. It's nice to go back and be like, oh, I have an appreciation for this now. So that's good. I mean, I don't really know him that well from movies. Like, obviously, I really I know The Punisher, and that's the first thing I think of when I think of Thomas Jane is his role in The Punisher. Um, but you know, and Arrested Development did like a long running joke where, um. Portia de Rossi's character was like in love with the homeless guy that she pretty sure was she was pretty sure was an actor but I don't know it, it was like a funny long running joke and his his name was Thomas Jane but I can't think if it was the same actor or not who played him I don't think it was but that's what I think of also when I hear Tom Jane <laughs> I'm trying to remember if, if, if I remember a homeless looking Thomas, Thomas Jane in the rest of development though <laughs> It sounds like Maybe something they just that... used the name Tom Jane. And I don't know. It... It, it, they look very similar. It sounds but like... I actually don't think it's him. It sounds like something that show would do, though. Right. 
It sounds like something that show would do and actually get the actor. It's not like he was a, such a huge name they couldn't have got him. I so. mean, he does TV shows all the time now, right? He does The Expanse. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was unhung for how many seasons that ran. That's right. I remember that show. I never watched it. I remember the trailers and the posters, though. Um, so. Uh, Michael Rappaport, I don't know if I, like, I always remember how he speaks, because he speaks in such a distinctive way. I don't know if I've seen him in much, though, since, uh. Yeah, he's got that New York, whatever, subsection of New York accent. Uh, who are you going to trust? Me, because I'm trustworthy. I don't know. You sound <laughs> kind of sketchy, to be honest. They're uh, Rappaport. I know. I don't know if I believe him as, like, a, a Caltech graduate. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the equivalent of Tara Reid putting on glasses and alone in the dark and saying she's a scientist? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but... <laughs> I'm a scientist. Scientists don't call themselves scientists. <laughs> That's the best part about it. <laughs> um, so, yes. So, cast character Samuel Jackson's you know pretty dependable. He kind of adds this gravitas. I mean, not gravitas to be a bit of a strong word, but he adds some star power to the movie because at the time yeah. he was by far the biggest star, uh, and arguably, I mean, arguably still is, but. Um, at least today, like some of the others are known a bit more now. Um, not Saffron Burrows. No one remembers her. <laughs> but, no. Actually, she was uh, in like Ages of Shield, though, right? Was, I was guess she? Probably know her from that. I think so. Well, I actually. Oh, she was. Yeah, she was Victoria Hand in Shield. Okay, I didn't recognize her. I guess, or maybe if I did, I forgot <laughs> that she was in it. I mean, she is still working. Well, this was twenty years ago. She's still doing things. So. People still yeah. hire her. Well, yeah, but when I, when we saw Wing Commander, I immediately went, oh, that's her from Deep Blue Sea. Like, I, I immediately clocked. Because yeah. it was around the same time, obviously. And she had that 90s, like, heroin addict beauty queen look. <laughs> what? That was, like, a, oh. a, a thing. Like, all the Calvin Klein models were just, like, anorexic heroin oh, right. addict okay. looks. That was a 90s thing. I was about to say, oh, shit, she was in Time Cop, but she wasn't. She was in a movie called Time Code. So, abort, abort. Yeah, I don't think Time Cop is... She would be pretty young. Yeah, probably. Yes. Which, I guess, adds to the 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 ridiculousness of this movie's plot a little bit. That someone... Because she's still in her 20s in this movie, right? And yeah. she's been working her whole life trying to cure Alzheimer's, and she's already the head of a super-secret underwater research facility that's doing experimental shark stuff that a billionaire's paying her to do. Like, I don't know. It all just feels a little bit like she's she's found her level of success rather early in her life. Right, yeah. <laughs> I expect this person to be double her age. Right, even like if it was Stellan Skarsgård, I would have some questions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in fact, there's a, there's a lack of anyone over the over, like, Skarsgård's probably the oldest one. I think so. I mean, not counting Samuel Jackson because he's like the the CEO who comes in. But yeah, out of and the he's people, ageless. yeah, out of the people who are working there, there's like no one older than Skarsgård, and he's maybe like forty. But like everyone else, <laughs> is like in their maybe early thirties. Right, right. And it's like, huh? So no, no, like you know, people with some authority <laughs> running around. So a bunch of kids. So a bunch of kids <laughs> with sharks. Well, they all left. They had to leave because the storm was coming. Uh, sure, yeah, maybe they were. <laughs> Which reminds me, there's a lot of parallels to Jurassic Park in this movie. And not just Samuel L. Jackson. 
<laughs> I mean, if he said hold on to your butts at any point, I would have uh, had a pop. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Yeah. Yeah. Like Maybe if he did come up, I would have been like, uh, of course he didn't have said that. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the, the plot of the movie, yeah. they Like, so, they're enhancing sharks because they believe they can extract a certain protein from shark brains to restore parts of a human brain, therefore curing uh, multiple things, but the, the key one being Alzheimer's, which Saffron Burroughs gives us a, a monologue about, about how horrible it was to see her father go through Alzheimer's. Which, by the way, so just a little thing in this movie, they actually do it. It works. Like, they found the cure for uh, degenerative diseases. However, however, uh, it obviously all is never going to be used because the cost was too high because they've made super sharks. Um, you know, watching this again and like sort of thinking about it with a more critical eye and, and whatnot, like some of the small things in the script that I'm noticing this time, which is like they have to like have a conversation talking about all of the like the conventions that are being broken and the fact mm-hmm. that all the other characters like believe they're not breaking any, but just so later on, Saffron Bros goes. Yeah, we actually did break all those conventions. I, uh, yeah, I made super yeah, sharks. Yeah, and the other scientist was like, you son of a bitch. Like, how would you not have known <laughs> while working on these sharks that they are, or, like, their brains are, like, five times bigger than usual? Or, or even just the fact that when, when they go to do the, the, the testing, because there's, there's, like, a day they spend and there's, like, a part, the birthday party for Saffron Burrows at the end of the night, right, in the first day. We'll go back and talk about some of that stuff, but... When they're going to do the experiment or to get the the samples, right, and they have to have Thomas Jane go in and like sort of wrangle the shark, because we see that he's very good at like if he knows the shark's mm-hmm. there and he's expecting it, he can sort of dodge the shark and so on, and so on, right? There's a license plate joke, which I believe is the same license plate that they used in Jaws. He, yeah, um, it's like a he's like a matador under the water. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so, but there's a moment where the shark recognizes the gun and swims backwards from it, right? Which and, they can't do. Sharks yeah, which, cannot do. Which they point out, right? And, and Samuel just says, tell me I didn't just see that. He recognizes that gun. And then they swim backwards. And then the, the blonde scientist goes, but that's impossible. Sharks can't swim backwards. And all I could think was, wait, how are they only showing all of these signs of like new abilities minutes before right you're about to do this? This this feels like just all of a sudden they're doing all these really smart things. Well, the key <laughs> is that they needed Samuel Jackson to be uh, there, yes. I guess. Yes. <laughs> he's the, he's the only new element i mean because as much as the sharks are getting smarter and we find out that they're kind of they've got a bit of a plan as to what they're doing throughout the movie it's not like they know when they're coming for them so it's not like they've been holding off until this point to show off all their new tricks right um, yeah but yes the sharks swim backwards and uh show signs of recognition and as we see throughout the movie they're actually intentionally forcing the humans to do things that will ultimately reach their goal. Yeah. Yes, we think the, that the sharks are the experiment, but actually the sharks are experimenting with humans like rats in a maze. As, as goofy as a lot of this is, and how some of the setup and payoff in the script is very clunky, because it's just kind of like one conversation... It's still really fun. It's still really fun. <laughs> but there's one conversation to set up and then one, one sort of payoff, right? Just for example, oh, how high are those fences? Uh, it's like oh blah blah, blah. Or something, yeah. yeah well raise them and they're you know titanium or whatever below the, the water level but above it they're just normal fences right um so the goal of the sharks the whole movie is basically to sink the the station enough that the water 
is up above the weak part of the fence so they can get through it. Because their entire goal the whole time is just to escape. And do you know get what? to that deep blue sea. For a schlocky-ass movie, I'm going to give them the title. That moment where he says the title, I actually think is not that stupid. I don't think so either. Yeah. I think it makes sense. What does it, what does the, what do these sharks want? They just want it to be free. They want freedom. <laughs> That's it. What do all smart people want? Or smart beings want? They want to be free. Yeah, it's all about the deep blue sea. It's it's just like in Silence of the Lambs when you when you hear why they call it Silence of the Lambs, you go, Oh, oh. They, they just want the deep blue sea. It's <laughs> it's not I'm like, I'm I'm being a bit facetious, but I actually don't think it sounds silly in the moment. I actually as far as oh, they said the title moments go. It's okay. It's yeah. actually it fits perfectly into the B movie they've built. Mm-hmm. It looks like you're drinking a beer can. I, I'm not. It's just it's just, it's just monster, <laughs> sugar free monster man. Yeah. Well, I'm not bothered by sugar, clearly. <laughs> what <laughs> was that? A, I'm really sweet joke. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't <laughs> what? What? I, I'm just—it's just a joke. It's fine. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so yes, it's. I still enjoy Deep Blue Sea. It's stupid as all hell. It's so ridiculous. It's got some fundamentals that I think work as a B movie survival film, which is. They essentially get trapped at the bottom of this underwater station, and it's about yeah, making the way to the like surface. Yeah, it becomes like a Poseidon adventure. It, it kind of does, yeah. It, there's, yeah. there's just also sharks that are going to eat them if they go to certain locations. Um, <laughs> smart sharks that really love banging on doors. Smart sharks who bang on doors and break through doors and all sorts of things. So to rewind to the earlier part of the movie, um, the one character thing that's kind of... Or the two character things. So Samuel Jackson and Thomas Jane kind of have a little character things. Samuel Jackson's been kind of mentioned, which is the fact that he survived some avalanche incident, which, from the sounds of it, it was like a, a thing where they survived, but there was like a week or something where they had to fight their way out of the snow and get down the mountain or whatever. They're in the Alps, I think they said. And it, it's like sort of a tease that it was just the thing that he doesn't like to talk about and, and whatever. But uh, it comes up in the big speech in the middle of the movie. He's like, you know what? There were seven of us that survived the avalanche, but only five of us made it out. And, you know, we all you know, swore that we'd always say that it was the snow that did it, but it was really our arguing. And it, uh, even possibly implying that there was a fight that led to some deaths uh, mm-hmm. and that a human died because someone killed them. Or maybe not intentionally, necessarily, but it led to an accident. And that's kind of it. And it's okay. It's just kind of there. Uh, I, I guess the point of it... I mean, it, he's good at telling the story. Oh, he's good. I mean, Samuel Jackson, he knows how to yell at people. He's wonderful oh at God. it. He's, that's why he gets so much work. It is. I mean, I show you know, the last, like, eight years, I'm pretty sure since the existence of Letterboxd, like, when they do their stats at the end of the year, every single year, the most watched actor is Samuel Jackson. Yep. And if I go to my personal stats for all time, guess what actor I've seen in the most movies? <laughs> Samuel Jackson. All- 400 of Samuel Jackson's films. <laughs> and it's not even like he's just a couple above someone else. Like, he is the winner by, like, over 10. Like, he's, yeah. like, far and above uh, in front of everyone else. He's yeah. in so many movies. And he's he's always dependable. Oh, yeah. Always. It, it always. Although I've not seen Snakes on a Plane, but... 
I, I, I suspect I, he's I, he's somewhat dependable in that too. I'm pre- I, I would say that the movie relies upon him being dependable in that. <laughs> I mean, I think obviously from a dramatic point of view, you could say that this is all like the person who's already survived a big serious thing gets mm-hmm. just killed off like that. But honestly, I think it's meant to be darkly quite funny. I think this is a genuine moment of black humor. Uh, this oh, yeah. is the the shock. Oh the yeah, I shock remember watching out. it in the theater and just being like, "What just the- happened?" I mean, everybody in the audience was just like laughing and like clapping at that moment. And <laughs> it's don't American audience, and it's it's just the extreme close up. The last because the last thing he says before it happens is this extreme close up of his face as he's yelling. And it's really like up there, and and he's grilled, so it feels like really uncomfortable almost. Yeah, uh, and he's given he's given the speech of like, we're going to survive, and we're going to do it. Step one, cover this blank, and then yeah, shark, shark. <laughs> um, to the point to the point where in Jurassic World, where something similar happens to a dinosaur, you know, me and Matt both called it getting Samuel L. Jackson's mm-hmm. <laughs> because. That's what that's that's now what we call that. We call, when something jumps out of a, the water and yeah. grabs someone that's on the land, it's mm-hmm. a Samuel Jackson now. <laughs> yep, that's what it is. <laughs> uh, but it is generally quite a, a funny, a funny beat. Uh, that's it. So we get away with it still because it's, it's very, very quick. But if you're paying attention, it is the worst CG in the whole film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sam Jackson turns to rubber. It looks really <laughs> rough. I, I do like the, the touch though, where it's he can't, the, the shark kind of drops the top half of his body while he's munching on the bottom half, and then he has to grab the, the top half again. If you're yeah. if you watch it and pay attention, there's a little bit. I like of a, I like that the CGI sharks have personality. They you know they're kind of like uh, like Looney Tune characters almost. <laughs> yes. Or they're like Michael Myers. <laughs> little Michael Myers, yes. Uh, so, yeah, that's him. And then the other character thing, Thomas Jane, is that he has like a past. Like he he was in prison because he was a smuggler and he did like piracy or something. Like not movie piracy, is, like actual really piracy. Good at sneaking up in boats. He the is. Yes. Scene, he just like appears. <laughs> yeah, I forget. I forgot about this opening scene, and I, I remember. I think I remember this opening scene really well, although not necessarily as part of this movie. Because back, when I said I watched this on pay-per-view, back when pay-per-view was a thing at the, the end of the 90s, start of the 2000s, the way it always worked was, is you'd always be able to watch the first couple of minutes of the movie and then it would cut off because they always mm-hmm. wanted to tease you into buying it by like seeing the first I two or three minutes. I know what happens next. Yeah. yeah. So I, I remember like, just having the pay-per-view like channel on and seeing like the few minutes of this opening scene like probably like too many times. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was a kid and I was like determined to convince the parents to let me order pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> yeah. What I was thinking when, when it happened was, because uh, I know we were unsure if this was more horror or sci-fi, because mm-hmm. it was already borderline. And as soon as it started, I was like, oh crap, this is just a horror movie. It's starting with like teenagers having sex on a boat, <laughs> being stalked by a killer. <laughs> Are there ever teenagers? I guess they're young adults. Yeah, I, I would have said teens, early twenties. I would have said college days. I think, yeah, yeah. But then again, movies sometimes, like if if they told me there were teenagers, I'd just be like, sure, I'll go oh, with whatever. it. But, sure, yeah, yeah. Rich they don't teenagers. Teenagers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, D- douchebag young rich people in a boat. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> how I would describe them. Yeah, young hot girl in bikinis. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah, but it never really like plays into things all that much. The only real drama that ever comes from the fact that he has this past and he took this job, like, this got him kind of out of trouble by taking this job, is when he confronts Saffron Burrows for you know manipulating the sharks and essentially putting them all in danger because these sharks are like super sharks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she basically says like, "How about you trust that we do this experiment and stop recommending that it's not safe." Or maybe we'll all lose a job and you'll be, you know, we'll be, we'll be on the street, but you'll be back in prison. Yeah, that's not mm-hmm. the line, but that was, that was the sentiment of the, of the conversation. Yeah. Like she's a villain, right? Like why yeah. would they ever make her a hero? Anyway. There's several points yeah. that I was just, I was expecting the pinky to come up. I'll do that. Like, oh. <laughs> you'll be back in prison. <laughs> <laughs> Except that would be too much character for her to, that, that actress to display. She's too, she's too right. stoic. Well, that's why you get Ronnie Cox, because then you know, okay, this company is evil. Mm-hmm. It's being run by Ronnie Cox. Even though they're trying to cure Alzheimer's, which is a pretty noble goal, typically. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I can't really argue with the, the goal, but... I mean, this is the thing. You could almost do a more serious version of this movie where it's about do the ends justify the means and really explore that. This movie doesn't. Mm-hmm. Let me that, make that clear. It doesn't. Right, yeah. <laughs> but And there's the whole, like, ethical side of, like, animal testing. Yes. And... You know, because they've made them into super sharks and with like, like they are super smart and, mm-hmm. you know, is it ethical? I mean, obviously I don't think it's ethical either way, but if they're as smart as humans, then like we've created something. Are we allowed to like, let that go free now? And it should, it just, should it have its freedom because it is like a person in the water basically now? I mean, I get why they can't let it be free because if it, if the shark that was going to get out breeds and then we end up with tons of these things, then the human race may actually be in danger. So I get why they can't. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I will that's say... that's why I, humans can't play God. I mean, I agree with the humans not playing God. I, I will say, like, as, as far as, like, testing on animals goes, obviously I'm against most versions of it. I mean, from a medical standpoint, if, if, we're, if we're trying to cure things, I am mm-hmm. a bit more... F- open to the notion that okay it's not nice but ultimately we have to right. test on a living thing right i mean well most of the time it's completely unnecessary yeah. it's, it's more of an archaic practice the thing that is like it that is kind of tough is um like a lot of cancer research and mm. stuff comes from horseshoe crab which have been around i think i brought this up before in another discussion but like They've been around since the the Cambrian explosion, which is like when all life on Earth started. And they really, they haven't changed at all um, genetically or anything in the last, like, however many billions of years that was ago. But they're starting to go extinct because Mm -hmm. humans are using them for cancer research because their blood is like super blood. Um, But yeah, now they're like going extinct. Yeah, <laughs> even though they're the longest surviving creature on earth, it's it's tough because again, the goal of curing cancer is not one that I think you can argue with. You know, mm-hmm. like it, like it, it's as ethical as it possibly can be, but right, you know, obviously there's a cost. Yeah. So it, it yeah, it's 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 that you know, it's it's different from oh, we'll test these beauty products on an animal. Like, no, yeah. yeah, stop it. <laughs> like, no one getting new eyeshadow is worth the cruelty of doing this to an animal. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, um, but, yeah. 
but obviously it's not a serious movie it's not really i mean it's technically there in the thinnest possible way because sure. she's done this and it's there's like almost a karma element to it where mm-hmm. well it's coming for you i mean it's a little <laughs> bit like uh the planet of the apes remakes too like we have genetically modified these apes to be as smart as humans so now do they get some sort of like sovereignty or autonomy or Ah, is it i get what you're saying i would compare that more to like a like a robot movie where the robots gain sentience and at that point what rights does the the robot have kind Mm -hmm. of thing Uh, you know the the idea like data for example in star trek the idea of like measure of a man all that kind of thing who could definitely kill all humans if he like was programmed true true (laughs) uh which you know does beg the question if the shark did get into the ocean you know because because they, they say it right at the start of the movie sharks don't actually like eating humans it's just you know if they do it it's by mistake or they think they're in danger yeah. or something like it's not they're just trying to escape their prison you yeah know, they're being they're they're being mutilated and tested on they're just trying to get out like are they really the villains so do it's they the... really deserve to be exploded and burned and electrocuted that explosion at the end that was pretty cool <laughs> so much blood <laughs> actually one of the, the things so the, the 5.1 mix in this was very aggressive with the bass right because the, the, the first time like right in the opening scene when the the, the, the college students whatever they are are on the boat and there's like a shot of a shark going past the camera maybe right after the title there's like a short shot of a shark going past the camera and mm-hmm. the rumble of the bass you know the <sighs> it goes past it was like damn okay this is going to be quite you know, lively, shall we say. See when, after the first accident where Sarsgaard loses the arm, right? Which is a fun sequence. Great scene. Great scene. Um, And they call in the helicopter. <laughs> the shark... I, spe- I like the idea that the shark just wanted the cigarette, though. You give me that nicotine. Ow. And bites his arm. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so... They're, they're trying to like, but the storm's coming, so they can't all necessarily stand out. So when they get up to the surface, like it's the stormy and windy and wet and all that. So they just have like the helicopter try to lift up Skarsgård's stretcher, right? And basically, uh, the shark, the sharks, because Skarsgård falls into the water, uh, the sharks basically drag the helicopter into the building and the the tower where the one character who's up there, this woman who's up there playing music, uh, she gets blown up. The explosion that happens when this this goes this explosion. You know, sometimes in movies they'll do that thing where it's kind of like they'll show the explosion three times from different angles, but it's so cool looking that they just get away with it because like ah, we want to show it, right? This explosion of the surface level of this this place lasts so long, and so many mm-hmm. ignitions happen. There's so many little like, mini yeah, it's explosions. Like Deepwater Horizon. It's like. <laughs> What is exploding up here? Is this just fuel tanks? Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> spread up all over the place? Like, what's going I mean, on? it's on water. <laughs> There's not really very much there. Everything, the whole station's underwater. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate some... This is the thing. I think some of the cast obviously make this movie fun. I also think Rennie Harlan, well, he doesn't typically make, you know, prestigious movies. I actually mm-hmm. think he's a solid director and he does good visuals and... Totally. You know, there's a moment early on in this where we've been up on the surface for a little bit and it's when they're, they're showing Jackson around the, the underside and we get a shot. It's like Thomas Jane's walking up top across the side of one of the, the containment pools. It's not, I mean, it's not, it's just part of the ocean. But you know what I mean? It's fenced in. And he's just walking past it. And the camera, they've, they've set up a sort of trick shot here where it'll transition to like CG where it goes underwater and you see the whole layout of the underwater base. And I'm like, 
ah, that was a neat shot. And be- mm. because even though it's 1999 CG, the, the base itself looks all right because it's underwater, it's kind of dark, and it, it gets away with it. It works. Yeah. So your, your imagination can go with it. And I'm like, okay, you know what? There's little visual touches. Renny Harlan, and it's not like he's making artistic movies, but he knows how to pace an action scene. He knows how to have the action so that when arms are getting bit off or people are getting munched on, it's just enough where it doesn't feel like it's cutting around too quickly. You're getting a sense of the, the motion of the action. Even the little things like when the sharks use <laughs> use Skarsgård's body to smash in the big window in the observation deck where the, the mm-hmm. experiment room is. And there's like that one chunk of glass that comes out. It's almost like a piece of ice that comes out and lands like next to them before they... The, honestly, it's actually quite frustrating this scene because you're like... You guys should have realized you had to start moving like 30 seconds ago. Like you're all standing watching the glass crack as if you're expecting something I, I guess this is else. death now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which, and I guess I do like that Sam Jackson's the one who's like, hey, we need to move now. Because he's been in a situation before. He's like, he's been in a crisis before. So he's like yeah. snapping into action. Okay. It's a bit of, it's the simple, it's, it's not that, it's, it's like a thin bit of character work. But it's, it's there. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough for this movie. It's enough for this movie, um. So yes, that that's a set piece moment. Because once that kicks off, there's a good like forty minutes of action. Like it, mm-hmm. you have the chaos of the arm taking him up to get taken with a helicopter, the explosion, and then the sharks break in, which has them escaping from the big flooded room, which then leads to them trying to like find a place to go. There's a little bit of a slowdown when they talk about it a little bit. But they go down thinking they can get to the submarine, but that's already wrecked, so they can't. The sharks already beat them to it. Yeah. Because yeah, the they sharks... said like, it, it couldn't have happened from the explosion. Something else broke the submarine. Yeah, I assume it was like sitting on the... Like the water or something. Like, just sort of like... The sharks. Okay, well, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm trying to, in my head, justify that the sharks could get to it. Yeah. But it wasn't, like... Cause I well, ass- they, just, they just Sam Jackson did. <laughs> <laughs> right and 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 so there's a little bit of slowdown here where they're transitioning to the submarine room and then we get the sam jackson speech and they go into the big uh shaft the big elevator shaft where there's more action right but it feels like constant action because while this is going on it's well the subplot of ll kill j who's separated from everyone else is He's having his own adventure yeah. with the shark <laughs> which the shark leads to one of the best one-liners in cinematic history I don't know what it is. Go ahead. You ate my bird. Oh. <laughs> right before he says a shark, uh, like, uh, you know, it, it explodes a shark. Right before he blows up a shark. You know what's, you know what's interesting? I saw in the trivia that uh, the director was complaining that they, they didn't really have that big of a budget for this movie, which seems crazy because they had animatronic yeah. sharks, they built a lot of sets, they had a lot of well, I mean, water. Just the, just the, yeah, just the water alone makes this expensive, yeah. Right. So... Uh, the, the thing is they couldn't afford a hollywood parrot like a trained hollywood parrot so they had to go they had to find two parrots that looked alike that weren't trained for cinema one that can like fly around to where it needs to go and another one that can sit on his shoulder and i don't know if you see in the credits but like there are there's two names credited for the parrot and one is like a woman's name who i guess did all the dialogue mm-hmm. and the other one is frank wilker and frank wilker is like a really famous uh, voice actor and he's known mostly for for animals like he's done a lot of work for like every show that you animated show that you can think of mm. 
and what one of the things that he's most famous for is that he can do like um he could do like a flock of geese like just with his voice and one of the geese like has a cold <laughs> like he's insane he's insanely good at, at animals and stuff so Oops. i thought that was kind of funny they couldn't afford a hollywood parrot so they had to buy two parrots and train them to do one specific thing and then they had and then they had to hire two voice actors to be able to make the parrot which i guess is why the parrot dies also it's expensive it's a good i mean that shot the, the shark jumping up and eating the bird eating the bird is pretty good it's like a, and yeah. elecology ends up in the oven and then he uh, you know, rolls out the oven and there's the gas is well, leaking. The, sh- the shark starts the gas. <laughs> the, sh- the shark starts the gas, yes. In the oven. And then he <laughs> takes an axe. I couldn't help but think, like, you're really, you know, pushing your luck here with the, the sparks, you know, yeah. sparks from the axe against the uh, the metal. But, he's, but I mean, yeah, he makes it up. I mean, if he doesn't do that, like, so how long would it be before he dies in the oven just because the oven's on? <laughs> like, it's not going to take that long. <laughs> yeah, he's probably losing consciousness yeah. pretty quickly. So he's like, to, gas yeah, he, he has to risk it. I, I, I love. I, I think I just love the absurdity of the whole thing because, I mean, obviously, it's hilarious that the shark pushes the the gas on. But <laughs> I, I, what I love about it is that it, it, it's a genuine kind of like John McClane moment of like, oh no, how could this shit get worse? Oh, the gas is on. Oh. Of course, of course, the gas yeah. is turned on. I can't like, open up the the door to get out because there's a shark there. <laughs> so, and because it's a big industrial oven that has like layers, he like axes his way up to the, the upper level, yeah, and it's then like a pizza oven comes out thing. that door. Yeah, it's a big pizza oven. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> and before he flicks the lighter into the room to blow up the shark, he says, "You ate my bars," and throws it in. It's great. Yeah. That's great. Also, lots of blood. Also, lots of blood. Yes, they don't, they don't skimp on the blood from the sharks, which Mm-mm. I do appreciate. They're very they are just big pools of blood. Everyone knows that about sharks. Although it's PG thirteen, uh, which I can see that, which makes sense uh, for for a number of reasons. I mean, I mean, we mostly just get an arm ripped off. That's like the only real gore. Yeah, well, it's the other thing, of course, is that yeah, you get the girls in the bikinis, and then Saffron Burrows like strips down to her underwear. But if this was our raid. I would hasten to guess that there wouldn't be a bra on under that wetsuit. <laughs> no, the the first, yeah, the the first girls on the boats would probably be nude. Yeah, at least they topless, probably would yeah. be having like a Jason Voorhees opening. <laughs> yes, most most probably. I did uh, like the 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 note of the wine from the boat in the beginning spilling into the water to look like blood. Not get, that that would wine would attract. It wouldn't. A no, shark, but it's, it's the but... visual for us because it makes us think of the blood and the water. Yeah, they they've accidentally chummed the water. It's it's yeah. like a, it's like a wink wink. It's a, it's a, it's a cute reference to like a shark mm-hmm. thing, right? Um yeah. so yeah, it's a good uh, movie. <laughs> is it I mean it's uh, it's genuinely better directed than like some Hollywood stuff that comes out oh, today absolutely. because yeah. it just it still feels like a, as silly as it is and as goofy as it is in places and as silly as some of the the moments are. Like, Michael Rappaport at times is a little bit hard to take. Like see, see Later on, when they're like trying to figure out, okay, they get they got up to level one because obviously keep in mind we're in negatives because it's under water, mm-hmm. right? We're going down. Yeah, Poseidon adventure, yeah. Yeah, so they got up to level one, so they're almost at the surface, but the you know the stairwell that's going to go up is flooded, so they have to figure out something. So they need like flashlights to go and try and do a trick to maybe give them a chance, and they go into the the blonde woman's room who has died while they were coming up the elevator shaft, 
and there's like a, I actually I don't I didn't remember this, but there's a whole gag Me here where Michael Rappaport's saying, "Oh, we need something with batteries." Oh, she's a healthy girl. Where would a woman put her? Th-? And he starts like doing this with his hand to you know imply vibrator. And, yeah. And LL Cool J of all people's like, dude, what we what's wrong with you? That's why the ladies love him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just i don't know it, he's a classy uh, classy cook <laughs> because there's a joke after this where he turns around and says will you zip me up and it's he does it in this really joking way and i'm like you like half of your friends that worked here have died in the last like two hours <laughs> like why are you yeah, cracking jokes it, i agree it's like the worst moment in the movie honestly yeah it's, it's, it just doesn't make it very much sense to me it doesn't make much sense uh but not to skip over the elevator shaft sequence because it's a lot of fun because the water's filling up, uh, Thomas Jane's going to open one of the other decks so that the, the, the water will... Because it's going to keep coming up and the, the shark's going to get to them. So the, the sort of... And eventually the ladder sort of falls down and it's sort of like going across horizontal. And So they're kind of trapped because they can't reach the upper level. Uh, although I was thinking that it didn't look so tall that like it, like Thomas Jane couldn't boost up Rappaport right, if he really yeah. tried. But it's okay. This is, this is LL Cool J's heroic moment because he opens the door and he's like, Hey guys. I'm here. I'm here. To save After you. banging on it like a shark. Yeah, they thought it was a shark. <laughs> they thought a shark was going to come through. Why was he banging on the door? It's just like a. It's like a hatch. You have to open it with a wheel. Maybe it was stuck. Maybe maybe it got jammed and he was. I think he was just like, I'm gonna be like a shark. <laughs> Why would he? I assume... don't know how to open hatches, even though I've been in an underwater vessel for a while now i don't know what it is station now i get that the others have all seen a shark banging on a door but why would ll kildre assume that if he was going to pretend to be a shark that a shark would bang on a door <laughs> didn't uh didn't ll cool j go down the hallway and then was chased after the shark that was banging through the door came through and then uh, he was chased back into the kitchen there was no banging the shark because the upper level that part got flooded because during the explosion stuff there was a hole made because we there's a quick shot actually you can see the shark swimming into the building at the top mm. you can see the fin going in uh but no, that, that was more of a traditional hallway like horror movie moment where he just turns around there's a shark moment, coming yeah. at him it's great yeah, yeah blonde, blonde woman just falls into the water though and they think they may be able to save her but then she just comes up in the shark's mouth and the shark she's... was just giving her the boost she needed yes uh she was upset though because she had a uh, uh, a love affair with Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was well, in... So what does she have to live for now? Because he's gone. If she just waits a few years, her, their sons will be old enough. Chris. <laughs> 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 I said her son, his sons, you know what I meant. Yeah. Skarsgård cool. boys. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's probably more age appropriate. Nah, probably not. Nah, 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 nah. Like, I'm thinking of, I'm I, still I th- no I'm thinking of Skarsgård now. No, right. she, she's definitely closer in age to him than she is his sons, but anyway. He's actually kind of young in this, yes. I mean, yeah, young compared to where. I mean, he's he's probably like 40, maybe late 30s, but yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> from, from here, there, there's, so Michael Rappaport gets killed uh, in a pretty fun sequence where they're trying to like find something to like drain some water somewhere or something. And mm-hmm. The shark just kind of like goes whoop and like grabs him underwater. It's it's, it's a fun sequence. Uh, I can't, you know what? I kind of like. We were joking about the Saffron Burrows scene where she takes her, her suit off, being a little bit, you know, schlocky. Of course, yeah. But I don't hate the fake out with the model shark fin because they set it up earlier in the movie that that's in her right, room. Right. Yeah. 
Well, she's in her her office. Yeah. Because she's trying to get her research. Yeah. So so I mean, it, it was set up enough that it didn't feel cheap. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay with it. Because uh, oh, yeah, I actually forgot also when I was watching it. It's, it's a nice little, it's a nice little joke thing. Uh, and then she she fries a shark, which leads us yep. to just the three of them left. Uh, LL Cool J almost gets killed when they're doing their their mad dash to the top. Uh, but he stabs the shark in the eye with his with his crucifix repeatedly. The yep, Lord God the, saved him. God saved him violently <laughs> and brutally. God will not let you take me. <laughs> no, I, I think what surprises me about this movie when I watch it every time is like just how much it does play out. Like, like the heroic theme that starts to play is. Is like stuff's going on, and LL Cool J is like climbing because he, and he can't like walk because he's his legs all hurt. So, but he's just he's got the big harpoon gun that's like tied to the explosive, and you know. Yeah. Did you like his um, his his farewell letter and his legacy that he leaves behind as the recipe for the per- perfect omelet? I mean, I hate eggs, but I did I did smell <laughs> at it because he's so passionate about it. His passion for the perfect omelet, uh, uh, yeah. omelet, omelet. Um, particularly where he says, you know. Amateurs will add milk for uh, density. This is a mistake. <laughs> he gets so passionate about it, and it just cuts away. It's pretty goofy. <laughs> uh, and they could have almost went further with this and had had him compare everything to like a recipe, like throughout the like mm. just have him always use a, a recipe metaphor for whatever. He's I, doing. I don't think he does use a lot of food metaphors in it. Yeah, you're right. Missed opportunity. He threatens the bird. He threatens the bird early on. That if, if oh, the yeah, bird to doesn't make tiny drumsticks. Or yeah. Something. If and to be fair, that that's played very well to me because I I often threaten the cat that when he's annoying me, like, hey, if you don't shut up, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger. I can do that. I, I, yeah, I'm going to have some some fried kitty for lunch. Mm. I would never guess kitty. I'm scratching <laughs> my kitty cat right now. He's on he's on my desk. Oh, of course I would never. But there's times when he's getting <laughs> on my nerves that, you know, the, th- the threat does sound entertaining. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so the shark goes boom. Uh, Elect- yeah, she electrocutes the shark. I don't know, after oh, that. No, we're, you're talking we're, about we're the past end. that, yeah, we're at the end now. Uh, oh yeah, the big boom. The big boom, yes. Big bada boom. Where LL Kill J thinks for a, thinks for a moment that he's also killed Thomas Jane, because when he, when, he, when he shot the harpoon... Uh, it actually went through the fin and also through Thomas Jane's leg because <laughs> well she cracks a joke about when he gets back but uh yes yeah 45 foot sharky so that's big I don't remember them being that big that's pretty okay, big okay guys he's pulled on my you can't play with my headphone okay time to go <laughs> sabotage <laughs> sabotage yeah I mean obviously it's one of the things we like talking about in the science fiction podcast, which is this, <laughs> I've got a point here, uh, is that you know we like to talk about the science fiction themes, and we can, we kind of try to stretch what's in the movie to talk about the themes of you know playing God and is the cost mm-hmm. too high for for you know solving our problems and so on and so on. But we were kind of stretching it to do that, so it's a relatively simple movie. By this is the sort of thing where. This this type of movie would normally be a bonus episode, but it won a vote, so therefore it's, it's a regular full fledged episode. I do kind of love Deep Blue Sea, though. I like it's really yeah, stupid, I like it. <laughs> but it's 
it's funny because I think if you look up reviews from the time, they all they all say it's quite bland, and they don't think it's it's very good. That's strange because it's it's nothing if not entertaining. Actually, I remember leaving the theater with my my mom and she and I watched it together, and I remember her saying that that was a really bad movie. Mm. And I I think I was also convinced. Well, if like adults don't like it, then maybe it is bad, but. I still like in the moment was very into it because it, it was still at that age where I'm just like I'm watching a horror movie like monsters are eating people and it's great um I, like, it's almost there's like a certain age you go through where you kind of feel like you're watching something you're not supposed to and it's more exciting for that reason I think what, what gets me about like people I mean I'm not, obviously not a great movie I'm not trying to defend it and say it's like you know I'm saying it's good for what it is which is B-movie schlock right it's, yeah. a, it's fun it in that sense is. yeah but I, I think what gets me when people say that this is bad and they don't even like it on that level I mean, I mean if you're someone who doesn't like B-movies and you don't, you don't like schlock in general it's not your thing and fair enough but the standard that we've gotten like, I don't think people realise how much like well directed to, to a point this mm-hmm. is versus some of the things we get now that oh yeah that i i would say you know that, like i watched this single unwatchable sometimes yeah like this feels like a real movie and it's like there's been no good shark movies since then because I, you know, I had some fun with the shallows which was again yeah, it had, i like that one it had its own gimmick as well which was you know she's trapped on a one it was kind of a, almost like a bottle movie in a sense because it was like oh you know, she's trapped mm-hmm. on this rock and the sharks again very unrealistic the shark has this vendetta that he's determined to get to her no matter what but well obviously the deep blue sea sharks did escape <laughs> there's at least one that they forgot about they, they forgot the flashback <laughs> scene at the start where where uh what's her face uh uh the, uh, ryan reynolds wife oh my god oh um uh, Blake Lively. Blake Lively, that's the one. <laughs> Blake Lively. They forgot the flashbacks at the start of that movie where Blake Lively like, murdered the shark's like parents. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Jaws 4 then. <laughs> <laughs> the revenge. <yeah. laughs> um, so, but you know, it, like watching this, like compared to a lot of stuff we get, because one, one of the complaints I have about a lot of modern, like mainstream movies, right? And I like, and this is including a lot of movies I like, is they don't look as good anymore. They don't look... Yeah. Like, the Marvel movies, while fun, mostly just look like big-budget TV shows. They don't look like movies. And I watched this, and within the first, like, ten minutes, I'm seeing stuff that makes it feel like a movie. Like, this feels like a mm-hmm. movie. And all its schlocky glory, but it feels like a movie. And yeah. I, I really appreciate it. I think not having that across the board now, because now there's a lot of other methods that filmmakers use that are easier and cheaper or whatever now like it, ma- it makes me really long for when movies look like movies even the bad ones <laughs> so right. you know i it's one of those things where it has this extra layer of charm for me now on top of just the charm that i had already i think before uh yeah i, I watched die hard 2 last week and i had a blast watching die hard 2 and it's not that great a movie you know it's, it's the weakest of that original trilogy but sure, it was just like yeah that, that takes me back to a time like where action movies were, you know, th- this was like the, the middling level of action movie in the early 90s, and I'm kind of into just watching a movie like this now. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I get, I get like, cravings for movies that are of a certain time because they feel more like movies than modern day, which is yeah. a strange thing to say, but, like, I guess 
as you make more movies and as new directors come up as fans of movies, they're trying to like have a look that they're copying instead of inventing. And maybe, mm-hmm. or, or maybe it's just the new camera techniques or, or digital or something, but yeah, things just sort of blend together. And I think it's, it's part of the latter, but I, I actually think there's a very good point you just made there. And it's not to say that this obviously this is, like this movie doesn't exist without Jaws, right? That's not. I'm not saying this is an original. Oh yeah, totally. Concept, right? Or Jurassic Park. Or Jurassic Park, <laughs> it's a lot right? Of Jurassic Park in this. But it's an adventure, yeah. But I, I do genuinely think there's a, a problem there. That you is that a lot of filmmakers now are effectively fanboys and fangirls of things that came before, and I think you can tell when a director is. How do I say this without, without sounding pretentious? Like, like when you look at someone like Christopher Nolan, right? Like, like or dislike his movies, you can tell that he's someone who just loves film and he wants to be a film director and he's trying to make films and he, mm-hmm. like, everything he's doing, even if there's elements that obviously are inspired by past concepts, he, he clearly loves Kubrick, he clearly loves old yeah, science fiction. Yeah, but he also has style. But yeah, he which... has his own style. He's trying to make, you know, leave his stamp on it. Right, Whereas... I think a lot of what I said about, like, about directors can be applied to you know quentin tarantino but you know a tarantino movie like yeah of course he's taking he from makes a lot of own. stuff but like he still has a style where you're just like that's a tarantino movie yeah. that's his dialogue that's the, his look the, the problem with a lot of modern directors though is that they're not really like having their own style or trying to leave their their spin on it they're just trying to recreate it and it, it does feel a little bit lesser than as a, as a mm-hmm. medium because of it in general i think um and I think there's, I think there's a lot of that in, in a lot of modern movies, and it's why stuff like this, just and some of this is nostalgia. I'm not going to say that there's no nostalgia at play here, but there there is something there. It, it, to be honest, this is a conversation that doesn't really belong alongside Deep Blue Sea. This is a conversation <laughs> that belongs alongside just a more general topic of modern movies. Uh, sure. Because I'm not, I'm not really comparing modern movies to Deep Blue Sea here. I'm comparing modern movies. Uh, the example I always bring up, if you look at, if you look at just a slither of a, a period in time, if you look at 19, say, 80 to 85, just that little five-year period, and you look at how many like major things that we are still trying to remake that started in that one little period, or, or even the five years before that, 75 to 80, whatever you want to pick, it's insane how many things were new ideas, how many things were new takes on stuff, and then... You know, everything's sequels and reboots. And, and even if it's not, it's like, oh, this is just this thing again with a different name. Which, admittedly, I still prefer that over just rebooting the same thing again. But t- usually, anyway. Sure, yeah. But, case in point, and sort of an argument to say that ultimately the details that we're talking about, well, they do f- factor into this, ultimately aren't that important if it still feels unique and it has a point. And the examples I would give for that is the new Planet of the Apes trilogy, which, while they are literally a reboot of an old franchise, and while it is literally based on something from before, they feel like movies because they all feel like they have something to say, and mm-hmm. individually as well as a trilogy, and then so on and so on. It's just that so, so much doesn't <laughs> these days, yeah. I guess. Um, I agree. This is a yeah. really serious I mean, cinema topic to go into in Deep Blue Sea review, but you 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 made me think of it because you talked about uh, imitating like past filmmakers as opposed to, you know, yeah, creating a new a new style or something that will be nostalgic for in twenty years. 
which I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying that movies are bad now, I, but there is something like, you know, to watching a schlocky movie from the last millennium that is, that, that feels, feels better than watching a crappy movie that's made, you know, in the 2010s. Yeah, a big part because, of it. Because at least they have some sort of a look. They have practical effects or they've got mm-hmm. um, cheesy dialogue or, you know, there's still tropes that you could depend on and the pacing's better. It looks better. It's more colorful. I, do, I don't, I do don't you really what, know, but like, part exactly. of it, Do you know what part of it is? Is because they have to shoot on film. And the thing is, is that film, because you have to like buy film, because you have to know how to operate a film camera, because you have to edit mm-hmm. the film and it's all these more old school techniques. There was a higher bar for entry, so that anyone who got to that point at least had the determination to put in the work to get to that point. So even if the films ended up being terrible, right? Because still, obviously there's still terrible films that were shot in film back then. Whereas nowadays, anyone can pick up a, a HD camera and go and shoot something. And there's a reason why a lot of the direct-to-streaming movies that are dirt cheap, or that the Asylum make, all have the exact same look. Because they're all just on the same. They're all shot on an iPhone. <laughs> well, they're not iPhones, though, but yeah, yeah. The, the sentiment's correct. Like they're all they're all shot in the same half a dozen cameras that are a couple of grand to buy because mm-hmm. they're good enough that they look slick, but they don't have a any style to them. They're just kind of, you know. So, it, yeah, that's weird. Maybe some of that will be a bonus, but I don't know. So <laughs> if you if you're away. <laughs> I don't know. I think it belongs here. Okay. People see to kind of pad it out a bit. <laughs> pad it out. Well, let's make like a shark and swim backwards and uh, <laughs> maybe get to the rating the movie. <laughs> okay, I'll go first because I always do. Um, I think that this movie is super fun. Um, also, yeah, pretty bad, but good bad. Um, there the Michael Rappaport stuff I could do without. Um, but I don't know. I think we've been pretty positive this whole review, just because it's such a fun movie to talk about. The ideas are ridiculous, I, but uh, I just love watching sharks eating people. I'm gonna go with a straight seven. I think it's seven. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I actually haven't seen the Jaws sequels yet. Uh, it's something I've been meaning to do. Really, I, I've got that's, them. I've got that's them exciting on my wish list on iTunes, so that when they go on sale, I'm going to snap them up and finally watch the the Jaws sequels. But yeah, they're pretty dumb. Uh, I'm looking. <laughs> I've, I've heard great things about how about how great Bad Three is. I've heard Jaws Three D yeah. is is special. But uh, you know, out of the shark movies I have actually seen, you know, Jaws is obviously number one because it's like. Yeah, of course. Jaws is a 10. Right. <laughs> um, and the other good examples I enjoy, The Shallows. Uh, I didn't think 47 Meters Down 1 or 2 were, were particularly good. Uh, I saw those. I didn't see, I didn't see um, Open Water either. I haven't seen Open Water, so I can't comment on Open Water. I did see Open Water 2. That's weird, it was on TV. But, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, actually, it was, a, it was a good premise. Yeah. Not I terrible. saw like... I saw like twenty minutes of Sharknado ones and turned it off because I've seen the roof tracks for him, but because even the roof yeah. tracks can't save him. Yeah, the the problem with those intentional bad movies is the charm's just not there. It's all yeah. too cynical and whatever. 
Uh, it has to be real. Like the person making the movie has to believe they're making a good movie, <laughs> or it doesn't yeah. work. Exactly. Yeah. Or they're so smart and are doing an intentional like satire of bad movies, which is also impressive. But that that's not the same thing. That's that's rare. Yeah. That's 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 the other end of the spectrum. So. Like, this is so hard to rate because I have a lot of fun watching this. I find it very rewatchable. Mm-hmm. You know, every few years, I think it's very easy to sit down and watch this again. I think there's some awkward dialogue. Uh, the science, of course, is nonsense. The performances from a couple of the actors are, are is ropey to terrible. Saffron Burroughs, like, I, Oof. I, I don't know how anyone ever convinced her she should try and be an actor or, like, why the first person who gave her a big role in Hollywood did because it's baffling it's baffling she's still working today she's still working today and i i i feel a bit like i'm being mean but she's horrible in this yeah she's really bad she was really bad in wing commander as well so i've got two examples now she's just a stick figure yeah (laughs) which is the blank face yeah it's funny i was joking about uh earlier on i compared something to tara reed with the glasses being a scientist but Maybe Saffron Burroughs being scientist is just a better comparison. Maybe. Uh, uh, in many ways. Um, although I actually don't think Tara Reid is as bad as an actress. As, and she's not good. Tara Reid's not a good actress. She's fine in American Pie. But <laughs> I feel like, yeah, at least when she's playing, like, I don't know. Ditsy Blonde. Ditsy Blonde. She's fine in that role. <laughs> she, 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 she works well enough in that archetype. I would say she has more charisma than Saffron Burroughs. Yeah. Yeah. Saffron Burroughs, in the two movies I've seen her in, notably, she's been a scientist trying to cure Alzheimer's at underground base, and she's been the, the squad the no leader. nonsense uh, squad leader. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> of a team of, like, pilots in space. <laughs> like, neither role worked for her. I don't know what role would work for her. Maybe a chair. But that's, that's it. <laughs> coat rack. <laughs> coat rack. <laughs> oh, okay so apologies to Saffron Burroughs who we have buried over the course of this discussion um, <laughs> so despite all that I find it very rewatchable I find it fun I think Thomas Jane's a likeable enough leading guy in this even though he doesn't really get a whole lot of like character development to work with Samuel L. Jackson is very likeable LL Cool J is likeable is kind of the heart of the film The Shark effects are mostly kind of fun both practical and cg even though some of the cg is obviously rough looking but it's not unlikable to watch as bizarre as that sounds yeah i agree um see my heart wants to agree with the seven but my 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 critical brain saying i can't (laughs) my critical brain saying no you can't give this a seven it doesn't deserve a seven (laughs) Just go with your gut. My gut's not my heart. <laughs> I'll say a highly recommended six out of ten. <laughs> for, for take that for what it, whatever it's worth. A highly sure. recommended six. Out I can't of 10. wait till we do Samurai Cop. Oh, that's a that's a bonus that'll be on Patreon only. So uh, you have to go to Patreon to get Samurai Cop when that's Thank done. Thank you to the patrons who voted for Samurai Cop. Yes, we were doing some action movie votes because uh, Tim's paternity leave. Uh, we've stopped. We've stopped taking votes for them now. We've got 
There's three left to go out at the time of recording, although one of them probably should be out by the time this goes up. And then there's two left still to do. The last one's going to be Samurai Cup, which is like Tara's favourite movie. Mainly because the main guy and it's got the same hair as her. Uh, yeah. so. <laughs> same wig. <laughs> He's got the one with the fringe, though. And, yes. Uh, I said fringe because, you know, you're British, so you would understand. Right, what do you call it? Bangs. Okay. Oh yeah. I mean, I would understand bangs. I got bangs. I don't understand bangs. Well, Americans don't use fringe to mean bangs as well. No. Okay. Purely British. All right. All right. Oh, that reminds me. Wasn't there a thing in Stowaway where I forgot to mention this in the Stowaway review? But there's a moment where Daniel Day Kim. Uh, corrects Anna, Anna Kendrick's going to say something and she's like rehearsing her speech before they, they go on TV to talk to like an interviewer mm-hmm. and he corrects and says no that pronunciation is British this is how we say it and I forgot what the word is but I, this blew my mind because I never even realised there was two pronunciations of it yeah you're right um, I can't remember what the word was though it's, oh that's going to bug me now because I wanted to bring it up mm, and ask you <laughs> yeah for the culture right. difference oh I don't remember. Oh, that's going to annoy me now. Damn it. It was such a, it was like a shit. I was like, wait, there's another pronunciation. Like, how do Americans say that word? <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Damn it. That's going to annoy Analogy me. or... Wasn't that? No, I, I think it was something that meant, uh... It wasn't eventuality. Mm. Oh, boy. This hurts. I wanted to bring this up, but it's been it's been too long now, so I forgot what the word was. Uh, oh well. We should probably move on. Aluminium. Well, there wasn't that, but I'm just going to say that <laughs> to give an example. Just to have something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Garage. There we go. It's another one. Garage. <laughs> I don't know. I say things like a Canadian all the time too that I don't realize. Eh. Mm-hmm. I don't say A, but I use <laughs> E-H for a lot of A words. Hey, hey. Sorry, my cat's trying to destroy my apartment. So like bag, like I'll get a grocery bag. And Americans don't say bag, they say ba- bag. I don't know. I can't even do it. <laughs> but apparently the way I say it is very Canadian. Because I say it like B-E-H-G instead of B-A-G. Bag. I'm just going to say it my way. The bag. 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 Just B A G. I I guess I say some of the Canadian is still there. I can't get rid of it. Okay. I'm not really hearing what you're saying. It's different about it, but. (laughs) A grocery bag? I don't know. I get made fun of for it every now and then. It sounds like you're saying bag to me. I can't hear a difference, but you know what? That's, That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. It's so subtle. This is this has been your deep blue sea discussion episode. Uh, don't worry, You're we're welcome. back to a, we're back to a proper science fiction movie next week. Hey, this was proper science fiction. Um, in fact, I I'm not 100 percent sure because we may. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, me... Is next week the Tomorrow War? Well, it's not the next one we're recording, but we might. We might want to swap 
the next two meter cards so that tomorrow war can go up quicker like after it's came out if that makes sense okay uh the next one we're recording is the matrix revolutions which will Ooh, exciting which will have so that'll either be next week or it'll be a week after tomorrow war but that's the next two the order mm-hmm. may vary depending on when we can fit them in if we can get tomorrow war out nice and quick after it's hit amazon prime then we will for the clicks for the clicks we'll have some click and we'll be doing the top 50 sci-fi list soon as voted by you guys so yes that'll be sometime in in july make Uh, sure you get your list in so yes get your list in uh and you can also of course thank our patreon producers who i will thank right now so thank you to let me scroll up Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordno, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. That is all our uh, producer tier and up patrons, so thank you very much to them. But you can support us for much less than that, can't they, Tara? That is right. You can check out our Patreon page. It is patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as those $1 per month, you will get access to bonus episodes of The Ace, which is where you'll also find our action cinema experiment bonus episodes for a little while and uh we'll be doing samurai cop so you'll want to check that out you're making fun of me me like that for (laughs) (laughs) no i suspect you were Mm -hmm. and if you donate five dollars per month you will get you'll get access to these reviews one day early and some shows you'll get a whole week early so that might be worth it to you and you get to vote this was yeah. a vote. Samurai Cop was a vote. Yes. Uh, also, you know, we're, we're working through Tremors movies, Starship Troopers as bonus episodes as well, so the, the first couple of sequels of those are up. Uh, we do one bonus a month. Uh, I'm mentioning that just because I thought it'd be worth promoting some of the actual sci-fi bonus episodes, which might be more relevant. I know you're excited about Samurai Cop, but I don't think that's going to necessarily appeal to everyone watching the show. Well... This is borderline sci-fi, right? True, true, true. Uh, I'll be curious to see the numbers on this one. <laughs> Versus, you know, the actual sci-fi episodes. Well, those don't do terrific anyway. It's always the odd one that does well. Um. So, yes. Um. What else was I going to say? Oh, yes. So, obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube, please do hit like and subscribe. Ding the bell for notifications. Comment. Let us know what you think of Deep Blue Sea. Um, all this is important, especially since this is now split up over into its own YouTube channel. This is Mail Fuzz Movies now, of course. Uh, if you found us here on Mail Fuzz Movies and you're enjoying our discussions on sci-fi movies, uh, head over to Mail Fuzz TV if you're a fan or are interested in checking out Babylon 5, because myself and Tara are working through Babylon 5. Uh, we're nearly in the season two right now. So and go over the there. Zone. And the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Uh, so go over there and you can check those out. As well as some other TV reviews with uh, I do with others. But if you're particularly looking for the pair of me and Tara, uh, that's what we do over there uh, together. So go and have a have a look see. I think that's everything. I think I've promoted uh, <laughs> Yeah. Literally everything. Yeah, there we go. That's just done. Um so you sure you don't want me to do some some of that tangent aid? stuff as a bonus but <laughs> i don't know i mean i'm just i'm looking at the whatever time you think <laughs> i feel like there's been like 20 minutes since we basically stopped talking about the movie <laughs> whatever you think burn the ratings i, I don't know i don't know I'll, I'll probably just leave i'll probably forget it's too much work <laughs> my vote is to leave it in please enjoy
<laughs> please enjoy all right that's been us that's been the atomic cinema experiment thank you once again uh, for joining us for this discussion of deep blue sea and like i said we'll be back with matrix revolutions and the tomorrow war as our next two episodes order tba and it'll be tba by whatever one goes up first so look forward to that so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching science fiction and computer at salsa my hat is like a shock fan.